0: Good morning. 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 Happy Mother's Day to you all. What a great day to be in God's house. Amen? Amen. 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 So I have to share with you uh, the Mother's Day card I got from Mike today. It says, it's Mother's Day. I'll hail her highness. Finally, someone gets it. Love it. Yeah, Yeah, I could say, like, out of the mouths of babes, right? We are in the second week of uh, dealing with this idea of doubts in our faith. And, and today we're going to be looking at the topic of, of how doubts can invade us to a point where uh, we might not feel like we're Christians. And when I say that, I'm really trying to um, explain that we might have doubts and we're not in the midst of being able to feel the presence of God in our lives. There are times in our faith walk where God sometimes seems very far away. I mean, no matter how much we pray or how much we read the scriptures, there are those times uh, when God's presence doesn't feel present. Sometimes we can't hear his voice. Sometimes we can't see him at work. Life has, seems to have this spiritual dryness or darkness about it. Ever been there? You're not alone. Many of the 16th century theologians called this period in one's life the dark night. It's a time in our lives when we have this emptiness or this loneliness that God doesn't seem to be filling up. I don't know, but maybe you're here today and you're in that dark place. Me, I just call it the whole, the whole, because it feels like you're being thrown into solitary confinement. You can't experience God. You can't hear his voice. There is an absence in our lives. So the first thing I want to say to you, if you've been there or if you are there at this moment, is that you're not alone. You're not alone. And then there are some that are here today saying, Pastor Kathy, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have never been or felt separated from God. And I can say to you with some confidence, if you haven't been there, one day you probably will be there. And you'll be able to understand what I'm talking about. Everyone in faith goes through a time of being in that hole. Everyone makes that walk of faith without experiencing the presence of God or without hearing his voice. We have this spiritual dryness or darkness and God feels Very distant. There is a desolation or an emptiness of the soul. I mean, there's so many people in the scriptures that have felt this desolation. Job, right? David, turn with me this morning to Psalm 22 and let's hear what David has to say to God. Psalm 22, and you might want to keep your Bibles open because. Then we're going to go to Psalm 45 after this. But Psalm 22, this is what David has to say. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, and I am not silent. Who else said those words? God, Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the cross said it. Even Jesus felt this desolation, this separation at times from God. Most Christians will feel this at one time or another. But sometimes when you're the one in the pit, when you're the one down there, knowing that someone else has been there really doesn't help that much, does it? Today, I'd like to share with you some ideas of how we might, as Christians, crawl out of the pit. How do we get through these dark times of the soul? But I do need to say, I need to put a disclaimer here. Spiritual dryness, or feeling a distance from God, this desolation is not depression. Depression is a psychological, physical disorder and needs a psychological, physical treatment. This idea of the pit or desolation of the soul has to do with our relationship with God. The closeness, or the closeness we don't feel. The blessings, or the blessings we are not experiencing, or the moving of God that we can see or not see. And there's a difference, and I want you to hear that. So, how do we crawl out of the pit of this spiritual dryness? First, check your theology. Is, is what you are telling yourself the truth now most of you know that one of the pits that I was in one of the dark times in my life was after having our son Michael I've shared that with you before but for those who might be watching and don't know me or new here our firstborn son Michael was born with Down syndrome and becoming a first-time mom to an impaired person was very overwhelming and completely kicked me into the pit, into that pit of desolation. I couldn't see God, I couldn't hear God, I couldn't feel God anywhere. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure I really wanted to. One day, Bill's aunt and uncle Uh, came to visit shortly after Michael was born and I'll always remember what his aunt said to me. She took my hand in the sweetest way and she looked me straight in the eyes and she said to me, Kathy, God only gives special children to special parents. Now I know, I know she was trying to make me feel better and i smiled a little and shook my head and said thank you but everything within my soul was screaming if this is how god treats the ones he loves i don't want to be a part of the team i don't want to be part of the team i needed to check my theology at that point i mean Why was Michael born with imperfections? Did God actually do this? Why me? I'm a good girl. I don't deserve this. I had to answer all those questions, but I had to make sure to answer them, not with what the world tells me or told me about God, but what God told me about himself. I needed to go to the Word. I had to put what I believed about God, my theology, up against the truth of who God is. We carry around a lot of bad theology without really even knowing it. I think it it creeps in through our culture. I think it creeps in through our friends and our families. I think sometimes it even creeps in from the church. But here's a couple examples of bad theology. If you are good, God will only bless you. Bad theology. The opposite is almost as true as poor of theology. If I'm poor or have a disease or in trouble situation, God must have turned his back on me. Bad theology. Life should be fair. Really bad theology. And we've all heard this phrase, if we ourselves have not said it, about people going through a rough time, what did they do to deserve this? Another poor theology, if God is good and perfect, he would not let bad things happen to good people. Poor theology. What are we thinking? What are we feeling? god is good and god is perfect but he's also righteous and holy and has given you and me free will and by giving me that free will sin has entered into the world and affects the world and he allows that sin and the choices that people make to play it out them to to make it play out for themselves it will play out in all its ugliness until the coming of his son, Jesus Christ. So, what are we feeling? What are we thinking? Can we hold that up against the word? We need to check and correct our theology. Second, remember who God is. Remember who God is. Again, we must turn to the Word because we need the Word to tell us who God is. Who is this God that we believe in? Turn to Psalm 145 with me. Psalm 145. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to begin at verse 8. People of God, hear the word of God. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know your mighty acts and the wondrous splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who... who fall and lifts up all who bow down. And it goes on and on about who God is. Who is God? Who do you know him to believe? God is love. Yes? What else? Creator of all things. things. Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Sovereign. Say it again. Kindness. Patient. Patient. Compassionate. Ah. Compassionate. We sang about one this morning. Faithful. God is faithful and great. When we're in that pit, the only rope we have to get out or the only hope we have to get out Is who God is. These are the knots in the rope that God is kind, He is faithful, He is loving, He is righteous, He is holy. When we stand firm on those things that God reveals to us, we can help pull ourselves out of the pit third third respond as a believer respond as a believer i'm going to take you to isaiah isaiah chapter 50. and i'd like you i'd like to read to you today's verse The last half of verse 10 of chapter 50 of Isaiah, hear these words. Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. What are we to do when there is no light? First thing, trust. Trust. The second thing, rely. Rely on God. When we are in the dark, God asks us to respond in obedience to the word by trusting and relying. We are are to continue to live and walk as if we had no doubts. When I was struggling with the birth of Michael, a very wise pastoral friend gave me some wonderful advice. We were at church. Bill and I were at church with Michael on Sunday morning. And it was shortly after Michael was born, and he came up to me, and he said, Kathy, how you doing? And in Kathy's style, being very truthful, I said, I'm here but there is no praise in my worship. Now that should have blown that minister out of the water, but it didn't. He said, that's okay. Just keep being obedient, and the praise will come. And he was right. I hung on and clung to those words, and I worked at my obedience. I worked at being obedient, and the praise returned. I clung to those words. You know, it's what the scriptures called working out our faith. I had to work out my faith by being obedient. By relying and by trusting in God. God asks us that in faith, we put it into action. And step by step, we work out that faith. And the praise does come, and the praise does return. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, the scriptures actually define faith for us. And I know most of you know this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Certain of what we cannot see. Certain of things we cannot see. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not an experience. Faith is a knowledge. Faith must be expressed in actions, even when we can't see or feel or even experience God. Some of these actions are prayer. Prayer, even when we don't think God is listening. Reading the Word, even when I get nothing out of it. Ever been there? Like, why am I wasting my time today? He's not telling me anything. Working out our faith in action, even when we can't experience his blessings. Obedience. To do the things that God has called us to do. Now, obedience can look different for many of us. For me, in my situation with Michael, obedience was sharing my anger with God through prayer. I could have ignored him. But in obedience, I went to him. And in Kathy's style, I yelled. And I cried. And I asked why. Obedience may be understanding that there is purpose in hard times purpose for me and purpose for mike purpose that god was going to take something so very ugly and turn it into something so beautiful i had to come to a point where I would accept that even in the midst of my pain, even in the midst of my struggle, knowing that God was at work, knowing that God had purpose in this, and being okay with that purpose because he is the all-knowing God. Was it easy? Oh, heck no. But was it worth it? Absolutely absolutely worth it step four recruit support recruit support we can't do faith alone we need others to support us to understand to listen to those struggles you are not alone people of god we have There's a bunch of us here that have been through that that dryness, that desolation, that why aren't you responding to me, God, those types of things in our lives. But we can't read your mind. And we can't know all of your circumstances. We need you to tell and to share with others so that they can support you, encourage you, and use the most powerful tool we have for each other, which is prayer. Yes, the church needs to step up as well. Elders, they need to be called in to anoint and to pray. Deacons, they need to help meet the physical needs. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to stop judging or stop trying to fix the situation, or fix someone's feelings. We need to just support, check in with them, encourage, and use that most powerful tool of prayer on their behalf. How often do we pray for each other? Pray for the concerns of another. Prayer is that tool that we use against desolation in our lives. Are you using that tool on behalf of another? Someday, you may need others. And so it's important that you step up and stand in the gap for them when they are unable. And one day, they may stand in the gap for you. People of God, don't walk in the shadow of darkness by yourself. So why? Why does God allow this to happen? Why do we go through these times of spiritual dryness and desolation? The only thing I can tell you, the only thing that Scripture tells me, is that in these times, God is still at work. God is still working, even when you can't see him or feel him, he is at work. For me, God was working a lot in me. And being on the other side of the experience now, I can see what he was doing. He was working on my pride. He was working on my theology. He was working on my understanding that God is God. That he is good and a faithful God. And my dependency on him cannot come from my feelings, but must come from my faith. And those two things are not the same. God will be working in those times in your life as well. Having doubts, not experiencing God's presence in your life, it's going to happen. So these are some steps to help you check your theology. Remember who God is. Be obedient. Find support. And have the faith that God is working. Working for good for those that love him. Bob and Greg and the praise team are going to come forward. And what I'd like to do to close out this morning is to just give you a few moments to reflect on who this god is that you hold deep within your heart so get relaxed okay you know don't fall asleep but get relaxed if you want to close your eyes that's fine too and we're going to recite for you who god is who you stand on and why You build your faith in Jesus Christ. In your time of doubt, he is the first and the last.
1: The beginning and the end. The keeper of creation.
0: The creator of all.
1: He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time.
0: He always was, always is, and always will be.
1: Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised, but brought blessing.
0: He was pierced, but eased pain.
1: He was persecuted, but brought freedom. He was dead and brings life.
0: He is risen. To bring power.
1: And he reigns to bring peace. The world can't understand him.
0: Armies can't defeat him.
1: Schools can't explain him. And leaders, they can't ignore him.
0: Herod couldn't kill him.
1: Nero couldn't crush him. The new age cannot replace him.
0: And no one, not even science, can explain him away.
1: He is life. He is love.
0: He is longevity, and he is the Lord.
1: He is goodness, kindness, faithfulness. And he is God.
0: He is holy and righteous,
1: powerful and pure. His ways are right.
0: His word eternal.
1: His will unchanging. And his mind is on us.
0: He is our Savior and our God.
1: Our peace our joy, our comfort. Our Lord, and he rules our lives.
0: I serve him because his bond is love.
1: His yoke is easy, his burden is light. And his goal for us is abundant life.
0: I follow him because he is wisdom of the wise.
1: The power of the powerful. The ancient of days. The
0: ruler of rulers.
1: The leader of all leaders. And his goal is to have a relationship with you.
0: He will never leave you, never forsake you.
1: Never mislead you, never forget you. Never overlook you and...
0: Never not have time for you.
1: When you fall, he'll lift you up. When you fail, he will forgive you.
0: When you are weak, he is strong.
1: When you are lost, He's your way. When you are afraid, he is your courage.
0: When you stumble, he will steady you.
1: When you are hurt, he's going to heal you. And when you are broken, he will mend you.
0: When you are blind, he will lead you.
1: When you are hungry, he will feed you. When you face trials, he is with you.
0: When you face persecution,
1: When you face problems, he'll comfort you. When you face loss, he will provide for you.
0: And when you face death, he will carry you home to meet him. He is everything for everybody.
1: Everywhere, every time, and in every way. He is your God.
0: And that, my friends, in times of doubt,